0: This is Jess McIntosh, and I am extremely excited to to be talking to somebody I have been a fan of for a very long time. You know her from her decade of music or glow, and now her new documentary is coming out called Underestimate the Girl. Kate Nash, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, let's start with the documentary before we get into everything else. Okay. I want you to talk about the title because it's taken from one of your songs and it's the kind of title, if you put it on a movie, it's like bait, like I will watch this. So yeah. when did you decide that this was what you wanted to title your story? Um,
1: Actually that came kind of late in the game. I, I feel like there was like a few discussions and because really it's like, it's not a documentary that I made And it was also like Amy and Anushka trying to figure out like the right title. And then they just decided to go with um, my song title. And as soon as they said that, I was like, yeah, I think we should do that because it just makes so much sense with the story and me and like the connection to my song that was this kind of rebellious moment as well. So I felt really good about that as the title. (laughs) It's kind of an overwhelming (laughs) thing to come up with a title.
0: Yeah, yeah. this is about reclaiming your identity and and understanding who you are and how you show up in the world, regardless of how other people want you to show up in the world. Ha- have you always felt underestimated? Was that something that happened early on? I think so. I feel like being a woman in the music
1: industry, you just are underestimated. I'm probably just being a woman in any industry, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think we're just underestimated. We are like i mean we really are <laughs> people think we're too yeah. emotional to do things or we're dumb or you know the amount of times like you get told how to be or like oh you shouldn't really sing like that or you shouldn't have instruments on stage with you or you know women can't drive or whatever it is i feel like women are underestimated like we, we are just uh, really like still silly teenage girls that just try really hard to have opinions but we're too emotional to have them so I feel like so many times I felt like that and the press have written things about me like that and people in the industry have said things like that to me so it's not just like my feeling those are like based on reality.
0: Oh yeah no I've spent most of my career in in politics and on political campaigns working with candidates so the idea that women who are immensely qualified and talented might be underestimated is Not a hard sell for me. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Not having instruments on stage is a new one. I hadn't heard that particular trope about women before. That has to be supremely frustrating for somebody who was good at playing them. I remember
1: hearing that really early on. They were kind of like, oh, you need to change the look, like get rid of the guitar and the piano. And I'm like, no, that's what I do. Like, you can't just decide that for me. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Okay. So let's, let's start back in in, in 2007. I had uh, Made of Bricks on repeat for an entire year. It was actually, I was working on a grueling <laughs> campaign at the time and I would put that on every morning and late Maybe. at night for my drives. <laughs> I loved it. Loved oh, it. Um, so can, cool. you, can you talk, I mean, I loved Girl Talk more, but we can get there later. Can you talk <laughs> about what happened when that first album exploded when you first came onto the scene?
1: Yeah. Can I swear on this or not?
0: oh yes it's encouraged
1: so my first manager told me not to call my album made of bricks because people would say I was made of shit
0: (laughs) this is radio so you can't see the face I'm making but really
1: (laughs) I just really like that story because it's so funny and it's just so like what the hell is like it's just so bizarre it's just such a like funny tidbit of like the kind of people I was working with early on and just how things continued for a very long time and like anyway my album exploded and no one said I was made of shit and um (laughs) to the shock of my manager and um yeah it was a whirlwind it was like I'd never it's a whirlwind it's it's a mix of a couple of things like one where and maybe people after being through the pandemic can relate to this you know when there's like unless you're like in the drama, like directly involved in the sort of drama, which at some points you are, there's still moments yeah. that are really mundane. You know, it's like when the world's shutting down and there's a pandemic, but we're all just like staying home and you're like, cool, I ordered some stuff online and now I'm just home. And like, you're like, I know it's really dramatic out there, but I'm just like in my home. And I feel like there was this really significant moment where my manager called me to be like, oh my God, you're number one. And I was like, cool and then I was like hung up the phone and I was still just living in my parents house and I had made Weetabix for breakfast and I was like guess I'll just finish my Weetabix then and like put my dish in the dishwasher and I was like I'm number one (laughs) and just had this like really mundane thing to like finish doing and then at other times it really was like and now I'm being chased by paparazzi and I hate this and I'm now at an awards ceremony and like there's Leonardo DiCaprio and that's really weird. And, and now I'm winning a Brit award and I really hope I don't fall over when I go to collect it and stuff like that. And um, I feel like, yeah, it's like a weird mix of like so much was happening so quickly, every single day, traveling the world. I'd never experienced fame. No one in my family is famous. No one in my family is a musician. And it just like, happened like a whirlwind I mean I have family members that are musicians but no one is like doing that for a career and like famous and so it was like a real culture shock to me and my whole family you know and um it was kind of scary and then there were some really funny moments but like there was a lot of anxiety and things that happened that kind of set me up for like a few unhealthy things that would come down the line and um You just get a bit numb when there's too much, too quick. It's like a bit numbing. And now, you know, I can experience things differently. And I'm also like in a position where I've been able to like change. Like, it's weird when you're 18 and you're like, you're the boss. (laughs) And here's like a bunch of money and sign a publishing deal and go on tour. And like you employ all these people and you're like, oh, my God, I just like didn't get into university. And like, I was already worried (laughs) about that. And now I'm like the boss, apparently, but I like can't really figure that out. And it just takes a while to get into a position of comfort where you're like, oh, I can actually make choices and I can fire people and I can, if I don't like something, change it and I'm in charge. But like it takes a while to really fully like be comfortable with that, I think, when you're young.
0: It takes more than a decade for a normal person to become comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah unless you're like a sociopath.
1: Only a sociopath (laughs) would be like, I'm the boss then
0: like I love it and I'm so comfortable <laughs> See, if, you'd, if it happened to you when you were 12 you probably would have been all right with that <laughs> it's but, a little bit more yeah of a social by the time I was
1: 18 I'd be like I'm cool with this <laughs> yeah so. but I literally <laughs> came from working in Nando's which is a fast food chicken restaurant we have and, those yeah I worked in Nando's and then I was like the boss of all these people and I was like this is very fast <laughs>
0: And then, of course, once you're a huge success, people understand you in the industry as a marketable commodity, which offers a whole new set of challenges and kind of takes away a little bit of that boss autonomy. I Talk about the friction when you wanted to, to make your own kind of sound. And the media, by the way. Like, they yeah. love to knock a woman that down. Does. So, you
1: pin women against each other. And, I mean, you know... Today is, like, the day after Britney Spears just did her hearing about servitorship. And, like, that is just such a hideous example of, like, how women are treated and how these men in positions of power in the industry just want to use women as a cash cow. And literally, it can never be satisfied with enough money and, like, will do horrific things to a woman to, like, push her down so they can keep controlling her. And it's insane. And free Britney. But, um, yeah, I think, like, I... I've always been very stubborn and opinionated and just I, I feel like my label shouldn't have signed me I feel like they were like but the weird you know the weird funny thing is now the reason they dropped me was like the album that I made I guess my second album wasn't as successful as my first and then the third album was like punk and they were like oh no mm-hmm. we're gonna drop you uh but not by telling you by like my other manager i've had some terrible managers over the years and my other manager like texted me to let me know and then got on a plane for like 10 years, 10 hours and i was like oh okay huh? <laughs> this sucks but um they signed bands like years later that kind of were in that like female punk band energy that i was like you know this is really interesting because you just literally sign things on trends you're not thinking about longevity you're not thinking about these people's careers You're not like going to allow artists to experiment, which like all artists in history do and need to do. And that's why like you are going to have success with them. And like some moments are going to be smaller than others. And I think it's really important to let artists just try things and do different things because like real hardcore fans are going to appreciate that. It's going to expand the audience and also make the journey more interesting, more of a story. And then like, if you just like, like, not every moment is foundations you know what i mean and people that are trying to get people that are trying to get every moment to be foundations are they not have your best interest at heart and that's like what we see with britney or like i feel like even rihanna she used to release a single like every two weeks or something and i was like how is she sustaining that and how is that making her happy and like now she's doing makeup which she can release something every two weeks and it's not like soul destroying and she doesn't have to like Put, have you know it's not as like a physical toll on her and I, and I feel like we need to like have more realistic re- like expectations on people and that's part of culture and society and the public too and how they like view people and treat people and but really the industry is like upholding all of these like really messed up poles to like keep people in these weird positions so I don't know
0: I'm glad you brought up Britney. I wanted to. I wanted to ask you about her. I love and Brittany. and whether, you, whether yeah, whether you had, because I feel like we're all doing this like re-understanding of what happened. This thing that we all lived through. Like I'm the same age as Britney Spears, so yeah. I, you know I'm not sure how how critical an I I brought to that at the time. But you were achieving like the 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 fame monster success in 2007, which was when she had her very public. And yeah. very warranted breakdown. Did, yeah, Did you need the the reimagining of what happened in the 90s? Or were you sort of no. always understanding what she was I, going through?
1: I just like, I'm amazed she's alive. I've always, I've said this for years. I'm like, I cannot believe Britney is alive. Like, it's amazing that she's alive. And obviously something was going on with her. Yeah. Um, and I was just always feeling like if I had gone through that, I don't know if I'd be alive because yeah she had a breakdown she shaved her head and smacked some paparazzi with an umbrella which is like fucking yes get the fuck away from her you absolute cockroaches! like how is it legal that they were allowed I always felt like this I'm like that kind of like following and like scream it's like violent it is like violence basically abuse and of course she fucking smacked them with an umbrella and shaved her head like yeah (laughs) she got sick of yeah this, like, and the way that people would talk to her in interviews, but people have been doing that to women for so long, like these like respected men on shows being like, so don't you think that like, you're just trash? And she's like, um, no, I don't think that. Um, and trying to like defend these like hideous things that people think they can say. Um, and I just, like, it doesn't surprise me it's been happening for years, but like, I do feel like we are entering a time now for the first time ever, since the Me Too movement, women are allowed to like stand up to themselves and be respected, talk about the abuse they've suffered and be respected. That has never happened before, ever. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? That's actually crazy. Yeah. But like, if you ever talked about rape or sexual abuse or whatever, it would be like, oh, she's a liar and she's crazy. Like, let's just like, or... mm-hmm. but now we're able to say these things and people are like behind people speaking out for the first time ever and like it comes with its own double-edged sword of the internet cancel culture and Twitter being a very toxic place but like I do think that like it's an important step in the evolution of like how we are treating people and victim blaming and all of this is like we are seeing a change and it is the first time in the history of like Britney's career in life that she could come out and say the truth and have people respect her for it and like actually support her which says so much yeah. about society and all of us um yeah like what we've all upheld and yeah I'm not shocked at all I'm just like amazed I just like love that there was like a fan conspiracy theory that was completely true as well like her fan so much like they they like <laughs> analyzed everything she said on Instagram and Twitter and it was like they're
0: right fans
1: are amazing. right music fans are literally amazing
0: well you actually got your last album your your fourth album yesterday was forever was kickstarted by fans yeah. was that really gratifying to be able to take back your autonomy because you had built a fan base on your own it was like
1: so scary and nerve-wracking to do that I just thought I'm not going to raise any money at all and it's going to be embarrassing but then I just had to think oh well I'll just be embarrassed then <laughs> oh well worst case scenario I'm really embarrassed I've been embarrassed before I'll be embarrassed again um and now I'm actually using Patreon and right I love Patreon so much it's the it's especially in the pandemic when touring isn't there touring's the only stability and tangible thing you have as an artist where your work's right in front of you and you're like oh yeah this is why I do what I do I literally connecting with people right in front of me right now and before my very eyes whereas everything else is like how many Spotify plays have I had have I beat the algorithm of Instagram today is someone going to give me some money to like pay for all this shit and you know no is the answer usually (laughs) and like (laughs) no not enough plays and can't beat the algorithm can't you know whatever it is patreon is a direct communication with fans and it's like such a nice community it feels to me like old school social media the way that social media was sort of like i feel like the purpose of why social media was built you you can get through patreon now social media is just money and advertising and taking pictures of your face to try and get attention that like you can't even get because facebook doesn't want you to leave facebook so Like, I actually was trying to post about my new single, Misery, that just came out. And I, like, if I post on my stories a random picture, it'll get, like, thousands and thousands of views. And then I'll, like, post a picture of, like, my single Misery. I won't even link to another (laughs) website. And it, like, gets, like, 1,000 views. And I'm like, God, they actually know when... Because they think, oh, that might... Someone might leave Facebook and go on Spotify, so we can't show that. And it's, it's just, like, you can't reach your own fan base. But through Patreon it's not about i feel like releasing music these days is really frustrating and like patreon is really like there's just so much it's aggressive like you just feel like oh i feel connected (laughs) to these people they get it and we're like they're supporting me and i just it's just like a really amazing community um hopefully it's the future but i don't know our industry is a bit of a bit of a giant you know
0: your industry is pretty rough. Um, you, I, I, I think the, the interview that I read with, uh, one of the interviews that I read with you was one of the only times that I heard Hollywood um, spoken of favorably as an yeah. industry. After yeah. after doing Glow, you, you actually said that you had more protection there yeah. than you did in the music industry. Was, was that experience cathartic? Like Glow is such a great show. I can't believe it was canceled. It was just wonderful. totally revolutionary i loved it every every episode um was that experience cathartic after going through all of that to just go slam some people around in a ring in a show that celebrated all kinds of women being weird
1: i cannot tell you how much that is what i would recommend to every human being like i know it's not really (laughs) possible for everyone to do but imagine your self-esteem is in the gutter like the gutter after everything you've sort of been through in the music industry and personal life and You're in tatters, you like are a shell of your former self. And then you step into a ring, a wrestling ring with Chavo motherfucking Guerrero, who's a legend and icon in the wrestling community. And 14 female comedians who just like are as scared as you. And you all like meet each other on this vulnerable level and learn to throw each other around the ring. You're in each other's crotch on like day two and taking back bumps and front bumps and like learning how to take care of your body and like having this whole new physical relationship and like getting hurt and throwing each other down onto the mat lifting each other up literally and then like sharing emotions because it's just like this group of incredible women and like everyone's like talking and like sharing and in each other's dressing rooms every day like we had me and Britt Barron in season one we had these like really tiny little rooms trailers and there was like a little foldable door in between and I saw everyone just had their doors like open I mean Brit basically just like shared a trailer and then like girls would just like come in and we'd there'd be like so many of us in like one tiny little room just lying on top of each other and just like talking and and like yeah learning to be empowered through our physicality in this whole new way where Chavo would literally like teach us the opposite of what we've been taught he was like be bigger no use your use that like <laughs> You've been told to like shrink this part of you. No, like we're going to emphasize this. This is what we're going to maximize. Like be bigger, be stronger, do this. Like, you know, all these things you're just not told as a woman. Louder, like take this part of your personality and times it by a hundred. And it was so empowering. It it changed my life forever, forever. And it's the most fun thing, like so emotional. And it is the thing that, built my confidence back to the point where like I am now able to be the most me and like and it sounds so stupid but really I feel like I went through so much shit from like 18 to then that was like negative and confusing and there's like two things that well three things that got me through it like my family I'm so grateful I have like that and my girl band who are incredible and then Glow and those women we got cancelled and it sucks but those women will be in my life like forever. I literally had lunch with them like yesterday and I, I was like talking to like seven of them in one day. Like we That's love what each I was other. Hoping. Yeah. <laughs> we love, we really love each other. And there's some really tight bonds within that group. And I mean, what an incredible experience. It's just so surreal. I yeah. was like, maybe I'm dead and I'm in a coma and this is just fucking great. Like, Oh, well, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> I'm dead. This is cool. <laughs>
0: Now I feel like there's money to be made in like a wellness retreat for women that was glow themed where we could all go somewhere in the desert. Like I would pay a lot of money to go somewhere in the desert for a week and like learn how to throw people around a ring and feel better about myself and yell a lot. Honestly,
1: I feel like you'd get more out of that than sitting there being like, accept yourself. It's like, no, slam that bitch down (laughs) on the ground and scream (laughs) while you do it. And like that is going to bond you and her and change your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Kate Nash, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. The documentary is Underestimate the Girl. I highly recommend it. Check out the new music. Check out the Patreon. Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show.